Hello and welcome to another episode of the Overcoming Life Podcast. I'm your host, Nashawn Garrett. Hey, uh, you guys might notice, I don't know, you might notice, you might not notice, but my audio, I did get a new microphone, so maybe you guys have noticed that. I don't know, maybe you guys can see it. I'll put it out here a little bit more for you. Look, isn't it cute? That's so good. Hold on, I got to set the atmosphere for a second here. Hey guys, um, this is the Overcoming Life Podcast. On this podcast, we like to um, talk about the Bible, um, and to learn and grow and understand some things. Because um, I think in life, uh, there's there are many things that we just, maybe we've been growing up with. Maybe it's just something that we were taught um, as we were growing up. And um, to be honest, uh, maybe we just didn't really get a good grasp on it. And now like we just have like this dogmatic, kind of formulaic, parroted idea about what stuff is. And um, I'm, I'm basically just trying to, I just want us to get out of that, that trap, that trap of that, because, um, if you're going to identify as a, as a believer in Christ and you must know who Christ is. And so, excuse me. So this episode, we're going to be talking a little bit more about, um, Christ, how to know Christ. Um, in our last episode, we talked about how to know him according to the scriptures. Um, but in this episode, we're going to be talking about particularly how to know him, um, that is, how to know Christ, Christ incarnate, right? And I think we're going to be going over to um, – uh, excuse me one moment. And I think we're going to be going over um, just who he is with regards to uh, the incarnate person of Christ who has manifested himself in Jesus, right? So I think the first thing that we need to point out is that um, the Hebrew word, uh, Jesus's name in Hebrew is Yeshua. Yeshua. Some people call him uh, Yeshua, Yehoshua, um, and that translates in the English to Joshua. Um, Yahuwah is the the name of God, um, the Hebrew name of God, Yahuwah or Yahweh. And it means I am that I am. And Yeshua means um, my salvation. It means salvation. So essentially Yeshua is God is my salvation. Okay. So it has, and that makes sense, right? Because he has come to save the the human race from um, the effects of sin and Satan. And he came to destroy the works of the devil, right? And so... John, the book of John tells us in John chapter 1, it tells us, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and He was with God in the beginning. And all things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and that life, and that light was the light of men. And it says that the light shines in the darkness, but the people, um, and, the, and the darkness has never overcome it. And in verse 14, it says that, that word became flesh. The word who is God has become flesh and um, has made his dwelling among us and that he came to his own people, but his own people did not receive him. But he said to those who did receive him, he gave them the right to become sons of God who were born not of the will of man, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of blood, but of God. And so Christ um, as an incarnate person, came to do a couple of things, guys. And um, 
before we get into uh, what he came to do, we're going to go ahead and look at uh, John's profession of faith. God, John says, um, you are the Christ. Um, this is what John said. I believe it's in Matthew. There it is. Matthew chapter 16, verse 16. And John says in Matthew 16, verse 16, um, so Jesus is asking people, he said, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they were say, they said, uh, well, some people say it's John the Baptist. Some people say it's Elijah. And still others say it's Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And he says, well, what about you? Who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered him and he said, you are Christ, the Son of the living God. You are Christ, the Son of the of the living God. And Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it, and I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he admonished the disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Christ. And so here is the incarnate Christ. And so remember, guys, in the Hebraic understanding, um, for the Hebrews, for the Jews, like the, the Christ was supposed to be the dude who was going to come and pretty much stop the oppression that they were experiencing. So that during this time that Jesus, um, during the time of Jesus' ministry, the Jews had been under uh, Roman occupation, which means that they were living in the land that technically belonged to them, sort of, but that... Uh, that land, they paid taxes to live there to Rome, who had conquered um, Greece, who had conquered Pseudo Persia, who had been, who had conquered, um, who had conquered Babylon, and so there was like this secession that was going on in um, in the Jewish history and in, in the history of Israel. There's a secession that was that was going on in which now Jerusalem and Israel. Uh, technically Jerusalem uh, or Palestine was taken over by uh, the the Romans and occupied by them. And so the Messiah, they believed, would be this militant figure who would come and essentially um, set them free from the occupation that they were experiencing. And that not only would he uh, be this warlord, but that he was going to essentially, he was going to make himself the king and the ruler and go conquer these people who have been oppressing them. But when Jesus came, he was like, dude, my kingdom's not of this earth. When Jesus came, he was not what they were looking for. He did not come with a physical sword, but he came with a spiritual sword. He did not come um, with, with um, the judgment against the people who are occupying them. He actually said to submit to these people. Why? Because uh, Israel, the pe- the reason why they were in the reason why these people, Israel, Jerusalem, Judah, why they were occupied was because they had failed to keep the commandments of God, that they were rebellious against the word of God. And so Jesus knew and he himself told his disciples and told those people around him, you guys need to submit to their rule, um, because if you don't submit to their rule, then they're going to they're going to destroy you. And so in 70 A.D., that is actually what happened um, the destruction of, of the temple and the destruction of Jerusalem was, was a terrible thing. 
And so, um, again, I'm, you know, I don't want to get too deep into the history of it, but I do need to give a little bit of background for you so that you can have an understanding that Jesus was coming, but he did not come as the Messiah that they wanted. And in fact, many of them actually recognized him as fulfilling, having fulfilled all of the prophecies. And yet they were like, dude, I don't know if this is the guy. And I can tell you the reason why they knew that was him, because Jesus gave a parable. And in this parable, he talked about how um, there were these vineyard owners and these people, these workers in the vineyard. And um, the master would send a, a slave or a servant to, to say, hey, we're, I'm come to collect my dues and um, or to tell them something, send them a message. And they would kill these people and they would beat them. And then finally, the master said, I'm going to go send my son. They will for sure listen to him. And then these people conspired against the son and they said, this is the son. Um, if we kill him, then we can possess the land and we this will be ours. And, um, of, of course, they did kill the son, and, um, and obviously the anger of the, the master was against those people who killed his son, right? And so these, these um, religious types, they knew 100% who Jesus was. They did. They knew who he was. Um, most of the people may not have known that he was a Christ, but some of them believed. Most of the people knew but the religious elites, they definitely had an understanding. The scribes, the Pharisees, they knew. And they were like, hmm, maybe we can get, maybe we can just take the kingdom from him since we know that the kingdom belongs to Christ. So if we kill him, then, you know, basically, we'll, you know, we can take what belongs to him, which is the kingdom. Because Jesus said that all authority in heaven and earth had been given to him, right? So if you kill him, then, he, then they thought maybe they could possess it. But unfortunately, that was... That was definitely not the case. Um, so Jesus, uh, here's the reason why he came, guys. The first reason why he came is uh, to fulfill um, the word of God. Jesus, as the living word, became incarnate, right? Um, born of a virgin by the Holy Spirit. And, and he was the prototype, the firstborn of a new creation, right? He's the prototype for what we have living inside of us. If you believe by faith in Jesus, then, and if you have heard the word of God, um, then in your hearing, uh, there is a seed that is emplaced in your soul. And that seed, it's like the, 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 for God is the father, the soul is this mother type. The seed goes into the soul and, uh, that seed which is in there, that is Christ in you. So the Christ in you is a byproduct of you and God. That is Christ in you. And it is fully 100. It's, it's father is from heaven. And so he seeks to do the will of his father continually and all the time. Um, whereas when we were originally born, we sought to do the work of our father, which was subjected to sin and slavery and death. So we had initially, we, we had, were born in the image of Adam initially, but now when we are born again or born from above, we are born in the image of God uh, by his will, right? And so many, this is, I'm, I think I want to stop there because that's, that's a lot to take in, right? It's this idea that Christ in you isn't just like some like imaginary figure. Oh yeah, Christ in me, Christ in me. Christ in you is literally the, the combination of the seed of God the Bible says that you have been born of an imperishable seed, the living and abiding word of God. So in your hearing, when you hear the word of God in faith, 
what has happened is um, that seed in your hearing gets implanted into you and um, into your soul. And your soul is the womb for the, the, the maturation of Christ. And how do you know that you have Christ inside of you? The kick, how do you know when you start to feel the kick of a baby, you know? It is, um, it is love. Love is that, is that kick that shows. So um, that one's a big one. That is, that is definitely a big one. I mean, a lot of you guys may not have been taught it in that way, um, but that is Christ inside of you. So when you're saying, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, you have to understand that Christ in you is the byproduct of the seed of the word of God and your soul coming together in combination. Christ in you is you. It's the real you. It's your real identity, and it is awaiting a physical body that is um, immortal because these bodies that we have are actually mortal and they will die but he christ in you is awaiting a physical body now with with regards to christ jesus he is the first of new creation he is the head of this corporate body who is called christ but as individuals on an individual level we will have um christ in us uh the son the daughter who is produced inside of us that is always seeking to do the will of god uh, of God, He is um, awaiting a new body and an, and a bodily resurrection, a spiritual body. That's to say, and um, that's that's where we are so far. So Christ becomes incarnate; the the Word becomes flesh inside of you, and um, and so the more that you submit to that person, Christ, the more that you submit to that identity and realize that your old identity has has died with Christ. Uh, the Adamic part of you, the identity that was born of Adam, was was died on the cross. Legally speaking, he is dead. So you no longer have to serve sin. But what you must do is you must learn righteousness. You must learn righteousness. You must learn how to walk, talk, act, think, and submit to the will of God. And how do you submit to the will of God? By one, listening to the Holy Spirit, and letting, the Holy Spirit is is the one who is uh, your comforter. He's your teacher. He's your counselor. He leads you and guides you into all the truth, and specifically that truth is pertaining to Christ inside of you. And so, the more that you listen to the Holy Spirit, the more the Holy Spirit's going to lead you to Christ. Christ is going to uh, be manifested inside of you, and then your life is going to look like Jesus is because Jesus was the um, the standard and the barometer by which we measure our lives too. Whew. Isn't it good? It's deep. It's thick. It's meaty. I hope you guys got something out of this Bible study today. Blessing to you and peace from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ on the new, um, and this segment, I love to call it this segment, the new covenant athlete. The new covenant athlete, when you realize you can do all things to Christ, you realize that Christ does all things for his will. His purpose, his plan, his desire, his intent. Christ is wholly, solely, completely committed to doing the work of God. And that is why he is in you. He that is in you cannot sin. That is Christ in you. There is, And there, that part of you that does sin, that is not a part. That is not who you are. That is um, the part of you who, who, who Jesus crucified on the cross. All right, guys. See you later.